The following podcast is a B&E Network exclusive. Welcome to B-Movies and Ebooks. I'm Craig Wade. And I'm Brian Allen Delaney. And today we are joined by Justin Park. Oh, yeah? <laughs> All right. And uh, Clint, you're, you're back from, uh, you were on last episode? Yeah, it's good to be here again. Yeah, we talked you into, into joining us for, uh, we are covering The Room and Womb by Duncan Ralston. But before we get into any of that, any of y'all have anything interesting happening this week or happened this week? Uh, <laughs> stuff that I've got going on, not this week, but coming up next week, preparing for a launch for a couple of books. Uh, there's my book, which is uh, Mad Dog, and we're also releasing another book called Forest Underground by Lydian Faust. Both of them have wolf motifs on the front, so make of that what you will. But they'll be released uh, next Saturday coming. Oh, okay, cool. So it's Wolf cool. Week at Sinister Horror Company. It is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, you want to tell us just a little more about each title? Yeah, I mean, Mad Dog, in a nutshell, it's a werewolf in a prison break. Oh. That's, that's as simple as what that is, so I tried to make it as badass as I can. And um, Forest Underground is a very interesting tale about a girl that gets um, taken into a psychiatrist, and she starts explaining about her life and talking about how she ended up there. But as she's telling it, it's kind of a, there's like a magical surrealism element to it. Her life starts sounding a little bit like a twisted fairy tale, and it just gets darker and darker as we go down. Oh, wow. Those both sound really cool. I, yeah, yeah, the Forest Underground is fantastic. I, I picked it up as a proofreading and thought, I've got to release this. So uh, thankfully, we managed to get the deal. Awesome. 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 Yeah, and we covered, uh, uh, what was it, uh, What Good Girls Do, you, you, y'all released that as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was one, again, um, I read Morley as a, just to proofread it, and um, yeah, I mean, you guys know, it's pretty sick, it's pretty twisted, it's pretty, it's a hard read, but I thought it was a bit of a, bit of a challenge to throw it out there, but I thought it was too well written not to do it, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, after I asked that question, I was like, God, I hope he I, I hope he released it. Otherwise, he's just <laughs> sending us books. <laughs> no, but, we've actually done quite a bit uh, or yeah. quite a few sinister. sinister horror books. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You, you, well, you picked up my Upon Waking as well. Yes. Um, last year. Yeah, that was. But that uh, was yeah, no, I'm glad you got you guys thought the same as what I did about um, what good girls do. Yeah. Which, uh, which pleased me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that was a uh very very intense book um clint what's new with you <laughs> oh nothing just been hanging out doing <laughs> reading and gardening <clears throat> yeah well, yeah cool <laughs> i've been i've been into uh woodwork lately just been working with wood 
Yeah. Jeez, uh, this this <laughs> podcast is getting real weird. Um, <laughs> gardening and woodwork. <laughs> um, yeah, and Brian, uh, what's what's up with you? Um, just writing mainly, I guess. <laughs> I've got some projects coming out and things, um, none of which I can really get too far into detail. But yeah, we've talked about a couple of them on here already. So yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> no, I got you. I, I'm just trying to fill some fill some time uh, since oh. it's been a slow news week. I was hoping one of you. Yeah, y'all... but on on the other side of that, I'm sure we're going to talk about the room for a long time. You're right. You're right. Hey, actually, I do have something cool. Um, and I I don't know if it's available in the UK, but here, um, there is an app that I found uh, earlier today, Midnight Pulp. It is freaking mm-hmm. awesome. Like, totally awesome. It's just weird cinema. It's got a lot of horror on it. It's got, uh, like, horror. It's got a bunch of, like, Hong Kong retro. Uh, it's Hong Kong retro cinema. Then it's got a section that's, like, 80s vibe, and it's just, like, Jackie Chan movies and shit, and conspiracy mm-hmm. theory uh, documentaries, all this shit. It's all free. And it's, huh. like, pretty good. There's... there's um. Now, I say it's all free. I, I believe it's like five bucks a month if you want all of it. But like every like 20th title, you can only unlock if you're paying. But most of it, I mean, you can watch Suspiria right now for free. You can watch just a ton of films for free. And so, I don't know. That's the only thing that I got that's kind of blowing my socks back lately. You, are you getting paid for this and not telling me? <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's just, it's nuts. Like, I, I'm really, really excited about that. So, anyway. What's it called again? Midnight Pulp. Midnight Pulp. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I wish we were getting <laughs> ad, like, paid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would that would make things a little bit easier. <laughs> As if we're, like, just starving. Uh, uh, yeah. Sleeping on the streets. Doing our podcast from, you know, side of the road. Oh, um, I do have one little pit piece of news. It's kind of sad, but doesn't really super affect me in any way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, the the original guy who played Godzilla passed away. Um, Haro Nakajima. Yeah. Huh. I mean. Oh no. <laughs> was he killed by a robotic I mean, no, version of himself? No idea what he looks like at all, but you know, that's <laughs> But I don't know. That was like the only real big piece of news that I saw this week that I remember. <laughs> I, I mean, there was so. a lot of news. But not, yeah. Well, yeah, there's a lot of news going on. <laughs> There's yeah. a lot of like existential horror news yeah, yeah. that's in real life going on, but yeah. we don't generally talk about that much. Why? Um, unless <laughs> Matt Shaw is on the podcast and then he forces it into every conversation. Oh yeah, <laughs> didn't he? He managed to bring Trump up in every con- like yes. every single thing last yes. time we had him. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Well, so. do you, which one do y'all want to cover first? Womb or the room? <laughs> should we should we do the room first? E- the film. Yeah, I mean that yeah. sounds good to me. I'm I'm down with that. Sounds good. All right, we'll be right back after this break with our coverage of the room. 
Two versus Three, Nerds with Beers and Opinions. A podcast on the B&E Network, hosted by Cody O, Kyle Hodge, and Greg Moser. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and... Episodes available at iTunes, Stitcher, and... <laughs> episodes available at the B&E Network... <laughs> <laughs> episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher... <laughs> <laughs> And Giggle Fits. <laughs> Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and bmoviesandebooks.com. And we are back. We're talking The Room. Wow. Well, before we get into any of this, <laughs> does anybody... <laughs> we're just off our A-game at all. I mean, all together today. But... Uh, does anybody have the uh, summary pulled up? I, I've got the the synopsis on IMDb. Okay, if good you, enough. If you want me to read it? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so here, here's the the first one on IMDb. Johnny is a success- <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Johnny is a successful banker who lives happily in San Francisco townhouse uh, with his fiance Lisa. One day, inexplicably. I can't talk today. Inexplicably, she gets bored with him and decides to seduce his best friend, Mark. <laughs> From there, nothing will be the same again. Yeah. That's sort of a thing. So he was a that, banker. Some of the things that, yeah. Remember, <laughs> I he know. had that big yeah, client. Yeah. Yeah. I Okay. So this film makes no sense. I'm going to go ahead and say off the top, not only does it not make sense, it doesn't, like, he, the human interaction doesn't make sense. And uh, it's all pretty much seems to be uh, to blame. No. Okay. So I think I wrote the most notes about this movie that I've ever written. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Like probably a good two pages of notes um, as I was going through this movie. I don't think uh, like, okay, this movie is the exact opposite of what a movie should be. Okay. And I don't mean like, um, okay. Yes, it was poorly acted. Okay. Yes, it was poorly written. Like you said, it almost sounds like someone who's never seen human interaction before wrote this movie. Okay. Mm-hmm. But like they tell you in movies, you're supposed to show, not tell, or, right? Yeah. This movie was completely exposition. You know, <laughs> like they didn't show anything really like they sat down and talked about the plot of the movie. (laughs) Yeah. You know what I mean? They had entire scenes that were just like talk two characters talking about backstory that didn't really even matter or talking about what's happening in the movie. the, The best bit about that is they, when there was one bit where they had an action bit happen where inexplicably two people go into their apartment to have sex they get yeah. caught and go out and then we've already seen that but a guy decides to tell johnny what just happened and we hear the whole thing again <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean this film I, you know I'm a, I'm a big fan of like bad bad movies troll 2 that kind of thing absolutely love but this this was just bad beyond beyond the pale i mean do you know about how it was created about this um it's what was his name tommy someone who's Why he was this he was a millionaire that wrote and produced and directed the movie i mean his name's all over the credits right at the start mm-hmm. isn't it um and, and, 
yeah, as you go through it, you just, I, I'm wondering, did he hire anybody else to edit the movie or did he edit the movie himself? Uh, clearly, he wrote it and directed it, but the whole thing is just of a man. Well, it's amateur, isn't it? Right from the start <laughs> to the end. Yeah. I. Okay, so they shot this thing with, I don't know if y'all read about that, that they had two yeah. crews and it was shot on 35 millimeter and on HD. On a paired mount. They had like, the, the, the shoot took an extremely long amount of time and they had several, um, I guess, cinematography crews uh, quit on them because they had this double mount where the cameras were mounted side by side for every shot. And so it took really long to set up. It was just evidently the biggest nightmare. Yeah. Why though? Art. I don't, I just... <laughs> <laughs> um, it, uh, not only that, this cost $6 million and had one of the weirdest uh, campaigns ever. I don't know if y'all have seen the DVD cover. Have you? Not the... No, yes. Okay, so it's just him like with a wonky eye, right? Yeah. That's right, yeah. And uh, he bought a billboard, or not bought, he rented a billboard and put just that picture and it said the room. However, it was $5,000 a month for him to do it. This is in L.A., has this billboard for five years. Wow. <laughs> he spent 300 grand on a billboard of his face. And so, yeah, I mean, like I said, six million, six million bucks. You don't see any of that on the screen. It has terrible, terrible green screen effects and literally like three yes. locations. Like it's a weird, weird, bad. <laughs> well, film. if they were probably shooting, if they were shooting on film, then it was probably like wasted film between takes. <laughs> oh yeah, good call. <laughs> this does make me really excited to see the disaster like, artist. You know, they said he took like thirty-two takes to come in and say the hi, Mark. Yeah. Oh, hi, Mark. That was the that was after thirty-two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the best one after thirty-two takes. <clears throat> but I don't know. Like, there's there's theories, you know, that this was like a money laundering scam. <laughs> and, and stuff like like there is but what's weird though is like all of these people basically still have careers you know and so it's like you think if it was a money laundering scam or something that would have been it you know but he's still writing oh yeah yeah he did that sitcom last year the neighbors <laughs> um that's but, a real thing i mean it, it was on hulu only and he kind of was it really bad also or did he did he i mean it wasn't good i didn't watch it though i I watched like little parts of it um Mm. but yeah so and then oh i'm sorry go ahead but you talk about like like the other people in there so so johnny terrible you know terrible acting that was terrible as i was watching the rest of the film i was sat there wondering to myself are the other actors really that bad or are they wrestling and struggling with an absolute terrible script and i i I gave them a little bit of sympathy whilst i was watching it so what did you guys think of the other actors really terrible or just i i think they were doing the best they could with what they had like honestly i mean the the girl who played lisa was okay you know she she was like some of their scenes and i don't know if it's just the the writing and the way it was framed and everything some of them kind of just seemed like you're watching a soap opera Mm -hmm. right (laughs) but you know like she was okay i think mark did all right um and that's probably about it 
<laughs> well, according to like, uh, you know, that book, the disaster artist was written about this and, and that Mark guy wrote it. Mm-hmm. And he said that basically, uh, they were all just like, who gives a shit by, by the end of it? You know, if we're having to do this 80 times and it all sucks, who cares? Yeah. They, they figured that it would never be released. Um, and so anyway, I mean, I, I didn't think the acting other than Tommy Wiseau and, uh, that little, what was the kid's name? Danny. Danny? Other I than think it was Denny. Oh. Denny. Denny. Yeah. 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 Oh, wasn't he? Yeah. Danny? What was his point? Huh. <laughs> Every scene that- he appeared in. I just, there was this bit in it. I got to bring this up. Cause like the acting is, is, it, it is quite bad. You know, Tommy was over. His acting is absolutely terrible. And there is those classic scenes, the whole, you know, the, the whole, I didn't hear in the Lisa, you're tearing me apart. thing. Hmm. But the, the bits that got me the most were these scenes that just had nothing to the plot. Like the bit where, um, Denny gets uh, he, he, a drug dealer comes up yeah. and attacks him on the roof. And it, that was, this is big. Yeah. It never was the best. Again, does it? film was the drug dealer guy <laughs> yes yes he was he really he was. and he got into it oh dude, that, the denny guy is really really uncomfortable the whole movie like when we <laughs> we started watching it right like i didn't know what to expect and they hadn't really built up the characters enough in the first two minutes and i was like oh my god is there like a really awkward threesome about to happen yeah like, oh, into the likes- bed. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, this is about to get really weird. And I was, my wife looked over at me. She was like, what is, what is going on in this movie? Because it, it just has such vibes. And the kids like grinning and like it. They get worst porno I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. And he says to them, doesn't he? He says, I just like to watch you guys. Yeah. Yes. They're on the- <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like it's something that happens all the time. And then, like later, later you find out that like t- Tommy and Lisa see Denny as a child, like that. That's like they they kind of feel like it's their son. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, and so he's just watching them do it all the time. What kind of weird? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I actually wrote that in my in my notes. It's like like freaking Oedipus over here. It was like. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's like, okay, so maybe we should go through this a little bit because we just kind of, mm-hmm. you know, are throwing started shit talking about things. But like literally this weird, almost threesome is like the first scene in the movie. Yeah. Right. Before you know anything. <laughs> yeah. Because, because he comes in and he had bought her a dress, right? Tommy comes home and he's like, look, I got you this present. And she's like, cool. And then they're going to go do it. And then Denny just comes in. Right. And um, he, he, he's, he, he's like their embarrassing pillow fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But but they're, they're like, OK, Denny, well, good to see you and just leave to go do it. And then he That's follows right. them, pops up in bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and then they kind of tickle him and yeah. then it goes into a sex scene. And, and not <laughs> only that, uh, Tommy's laugh was or Johnny's laugh, Tommy Wiseau's laugh was bizarre during that entire thing. Did you catch that? Like I I, I feel like they uh redid all of his lines in post is what it seemed like cuz everyone was everyone was synced up except for him. <laughs> like there was lots of times where he was talking and like his mouth would just be slightly off. 
Yeah. You know? yeah I thought that was my copy, but obviously not. <laughs> no, his every shot. <laughs> yeah. Every yeah. shot. Yeah. But, but no one else. That's like, I think, a sign of like a psycho director. He's like in post productions, just like. Only like re-recording himself for just hours alone, just going crazy. <laughs> yeah, he's just like it needs to be perfect. Yeah, and then this is like, well, the whole is thing was a vanity project for him. Did you did y'all catch the fact that every character in the film, even the ones betraying him, were like, you know, Johnny is such a good guy. Every yeah. person, even the fucking florist, was like, "You're my favorite oh, customer." Yes. <laughs> That's that my favorite scene in the entire movie. Yeah, <laughs> like the florist scene. I like how and, she's like, "Oh, hi, I, it's you, Johnny." I didn't know, uh, uh, you know, I didn't know that it was you. <laughs> Who the fuck else looks like that? Sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> was that it? Do I? Well, he was, he put, uh, as you said, they go into the florist. She's like, oh, hey, Johnny, I didn't know it was you. Dude with long hair, big suits, and sunglasses. It's made of me, right? I mean, no one else looks like him. No. Tim Burton. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, well, it is like L.A. in the 2000s, right? San Francisco. Oh, San Francisco, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he looked like a, 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 a bastard son of, like, uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone and Neo, you know? <laughs> 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 yeah, but I think you're right about the the ego film kind of thing because it's, you know what's more egotistical than to because I guess what I understood is he incorporates people that aren't actors into the film so like the coffee shop scene and the the sh- the scene in the florist were actually people that he knew they're actual real florist people and that the dog likes legitimately there and he just filmed them to incorporate them into his <laughs> film and i was like oh you're that egotistical you're the guy who's like i'll put you in my film like guy it's just i don't know i think that dude's got some serious problems <laughs> speaking of serious problems you know he sells autographed uh panties on his website has he worn them has he watched i don't know (laughs) i think deal breaker (laughs) the panty deal breaker on the internet all around yeah it's bizarre (laughs) the whole thing is nuts hold on okay i thought i thought we froze for a second but yeah i it's weird Uh, and again we veered into a different direction so it starts with him giving a dress and then they get in a pillow fight and then they have sex and yeah and and it is a like super 90s cinemax sex scene with a terrible right. song huh all all the sex songs were all terrible oh yes terrible terrible like saxophone like jazz yeah. Sex scene music. They were at one one point five. They were great. <laughs> a little bit. They really hit. <laughs> Sound like J pop like or something. Yeah, I think that first scene lasted like ten minutes. Yeah, for a sex scene. At the end, and we were thirteen minutes into the movie, and that's all that's happened. Yeah, it like it started. It started six minutes in. I timed it. Okay, so. Um, <laughs> No, no, because like, okay, the first sex scene, you're like, okay, whatever. But then when it gets to the second and third and like fourth sex scenes, you're like, all right, there's a pattern here. Um, At first, it's like every 10 minutes, there's a sex scene. Like, I'm not even joking. It's like six minutes in, and then it was like 17 minutes in, and then it was like 23 minutes in. There was another one. (laughs) And it was so weird. Um, But it's like... 
it's like shot behind like translucent curtains and stuff and it's like it's bars in this later sex scenes (laughs) (laughs) but it's like it's like one of those it's like um it's it's like the beds in the middle of a room and then like the cameras just going around it in circles you know and it's like everything else is dark and it's just so weird it it the first 30 minutes of this movie feels like you're watching a softcore porn oh yeah definitely because there's very no real plot huh i said but very soft because it's yeah I mean, it, like the the girl is topless, but then like it barely even shows them having sex. It's a lot of like r- rubbing her <laughs> with roses and shit. <laughs> but so, so so we get that, and then we get like a scene with Lisa and her mom, mm-hmm. right, talking yeah. about how how she doesn't love him anymore. Immediately, and, immediately, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, she's just very hot and cold, almost to the point of like complete split personality. Almost, yeah. Because it, you know, they mentioned that, like, you know, she's a sociopath, like once, but it's like that's beyond sociopath, you know? Like, isn't it? She doesn't even. It's not like she's just using him. She she is just using him, but she's like doesn't act like there's she, anything wrong at all. And she then, is consciously making a decision to hurt him. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Oh, okay, I guess like, that like, is kind of sociopathic. That's what's happening. Cause she's just like, I'm bored. I don't want to be with him anymore. And and like at this point, all you've seen him do is surprise her with presence and then passionate lovemaking. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? It's like she's she's talking about how bored she is and it's like the first 10 minutes they're like so in love and it doesn't make any sense yeah if if she had said something like i'm tired of having love made to my belly button it would make (laughs) (laughs) but i wish she'd finally have sex roses all over me to the way that those sex scenes are shot it like totally (laughs) looks like he's humping her belly button the whole time Oh man! Yeah. All right. I know. So, so like, I was really hoping, I was really, really hoping that the mom would never ever show up in the movie again, right? <laughs> that it was just going to be just for that one scene, just for all that exposition, and then you never see her again. <laughs> but she comes back in several other scenes of just nothing but exposition again. I don't know. The mom was my favorite part of the film. <laughs> she, was, she was just like, all men are assholes. Stick with him. <laughs> Is that right? She's just like, all men are assholes. Stick with him. She, he has money. Money. Yeah. He's she, a good guy, like, but he's also an asshole, but he has money and security. Yeah. And like, <laughs> yeah. It was, it was basically don't worry about being happy just worry about financial security. <laughs> yeah. I loved it that she had like a slight m- little bit of like moral thing to her where she was like, don't sleep around on him. Just completely use him for his money, but at least be faithful. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's what counts. Okay. Like, great lady. Oh, yeah. Um, it kind of like, there were parts of this film uh, that kind of reminded me of like a, a, a men's rights subreddit talking points. <laughs> 
It was incredibly sexist. (laughs) See, like, okay, so I was explaining this movie to my wife because I didn't make her watch it, right? (laughs) Um, uh, Although I'm pretty sure we're going to go see the the disaster artist because we're both James Franco fans. Right. Um, Anyway, uh, I was explaining it to her and I was like, it really feels like he was wronged. Like, like he had his heart shattered by some woman, you know, and then he made this movie to get back at her is really what it feels like. It's like a revenge movie. I felt that way. same way, too. And I'll bet you that her name was actually Lisa. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and she banged his best friend. And then this is his revenge movie. I'll yeah. throw my six million dollars in a movie. That, that yeah. was me. Just... I don't know. But it's just like. He, something bad happened to this guy. <laughs> can, can we can we step back for a second and try to just examine Tommy Wiseau, the the guy, for just a second, just based on only what we've seen in this movie? Yeah, how old is he? Uh, a, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> how how he make his money? How uh, importing importing leather jackets? I'm yeah. not even joking. God, it's so perfect. <laughs> Black leather only. Yeah. Capes, leather capes. Uh, yeah, it, it, supposedly he oh, was, he got made money in the textile, uh, just just importing Black leather capes, <laughs> like dusters and shit. Uh, okay, so we're not sure. Like he has a very unspecified age, um, a unspecified accent. What accent is that? Because what the reason I'm getting at this, he's done interviews saying that he was born in 1968 in America, and maybe he was, but not with that accent. (laughs) That's like a Germanic accent or something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, like to me, there were parts that sound, and and I don't know, I'm no linguist or whatever, but like Eastern Europeanish. Yeah, I got Scandinavians, Eastern kind of thing too. Yeah. Mm. But, See, uh, I, I know he's, he, you know, he's acting and he's a terrible actor on film, but I got the idea that the way he speaks and the way he's written his dialogue is perhaps the way he carries himself in real life. Mm-hmm. So you imagine actually having a conversation with him would be that kind of stilted and that kind of awkward. <laughs> I, I think so. Absolutely. You know, uh, and I also feel like he's got perhaps a slightly childish um well, yeah, slightly sort of childish mentality to the world. He sees everything in black and white, peace and love. That kind of Michael Jackson persona that you see on the outside. That's the kind of sort of thing that I could, I could see that he would betray you if you ever met him. So, so what you're saying is like maybe, maybe it's not that it's really poorly written. Maybe it's just he doesn't understand. <laughs> I, 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 I think he has. There's, I think what well, the word naivety. That's what I'm trying yeah. to get. At. I think he has a slight naivety about the world. It's the way that I kind of get it, and that's the only way I can see how you could write a film like that. <laughs> you know, that is a kind of film that a ten, uh, I don't know, a badly hurt fifteen-year-old might write. You know, yeah. there's, there's no real depth or anything there. And I just imagine he would be like that. If you met him in a pub, he'd sit there and say, "Oh yeah, it's all about peace and love, and you, you know, you've got to look after one another." And and then he would probably want to go play catch outside with you with the football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? But really, football. But that's really a t- testament to what you're saying. It's just like this whole like black or white, like really childish thing. He's like, what do the guys do for fun? They throw the football back and forth. Like it's 
Well, I'm no seriously. It shows it's like no. all, like and I don't, I don't mean this in a bad way, but a very like your on the face. spectrum sort of understanding of the world. It's just like, oh yeah, just toss the ball back and forth because we're bros, chicks. They like money and they like screwing around on dudes. Like it's just like he has this really childish TV sort of painted view of the world i was just laughing though that was like a spot-on impersonation (laughs) in his face he's like he can't see it but he's like what do men do oh yeah (laughs) oh god yeah um okay so how many football scenes i think there were four football there were as many football scenes as there were sex scenes in this movie but how many underhanded throws five feet apart Because, I mean, I've played football more than once in my life, and I've never thrown it, like, go long five feet away and underhand. You know what I'm saying? Well, there there was one scene later um, with, like, we haven't even discussed the other friend, Peter, who shows up randomly. I don't even know who he is or where he came right from. Right at the end. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's, he's in like the last third of the movie. Um, <laughs> but but uh, there's one scene where Mark tosses him a football and then just pushes him like really hard. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And he goes down and then, and then he pick him up like he's like broken his legs and they carry him off. Yeah. And it's it's like so maybe they're doing all the Wait, underhanded passes and stuff because it's like um, they don't want to hurt each other. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. They're just... well, this is the other thing that they, there's that plot device of the the bros there's, when they get no together. Well, I'm just not sure. Were they like they? Well, maybe yeah. It's a little bit strong, but where they 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 use that scene? It's like bro, like man time, and uh-huh. they use the buck buck chicken sort of thing at each other to coax each other into doing bro stuff. And I think it's like all build up to the end where he's like, "Here I am, face to face with my bro. Why don't you fight me, buck buck?" So he's like almost tying in all these bro scenes it's like brotherly stuff into the end scene just so he can say buck buck at when the dude's not being a bro he says, he says cheap 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 That's cheap right. shit right it is cheap cheap it God, reminded me, weird. cheap cheap it reminded me of Arrested Development uh, how the whole family was getting the chickens wrong like the uh, yeah <laughs> They all had terrible impersonations of chickens. Yeah. I think with the whole the, the, the bro scenes, as you're calling them that, my favorite one is the one when they just appear in all in tuxes. Yeah. That's never mentioned. That's never explained. They're just in tuxes together, and then they go off and play football again. One of them falls over, and that's it. Yeah, you, I it, thought it, it was almost, his wedding. Like, like, well, while I was watching. It was going to be the wedding, but they were talking about the wedding happening like next week. But then I guess it was like tux fittings. That's what it had to be. But they don't let you leave there with. No. I mean, maybe they had all just gotten back from, you know, <laughs> Al's formal wear and they were all like, let's wear our tuxes or whatever. It was just weird. And Mark had shaved his beard, hadn't he? That was the yeah. bit. Oh, Mark, you shaved your beard off. This is amazing. And I wondered if it was they put that scene in because he shaved it off halfway through filming. So they needed something <laughs> to, to kind of go, look, he shaved his beard. <laughs> <laughs> but but when they go play football out in the back right in their tuxes it's that peter guy again who goes down like they throw him a pass and he just falls over no i thought the first time the guy that gets you're talking about the guy that gets uh jammed in the trash cans the first time right yeah yeah, yeah. i thought that that was the uh, lisa's roommate's boyfriend 
Oh, that was Mike. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mike, yeah. Mike yeah, I right. loved that guy because he had no point and made the dumbest faces. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like how we're still technically like 10 minutes into the movie. <laughs> ah, but we just keep going I mean, back. all that but, happens is she cheats on him. and Kind of. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah. That, no, kind of? That, well, no, no, no. I meant like... I, I, I didn't mean it like that. I meant like, yeah, that's the only thing that happens, but that's that's the only thing that happens in the movie. Yeah. And like the whole climax of the movie is 10 minutes before it ends. Yeah. yeah. So they, all right. So she, I guess where we're at, she tells him that let's drink, you know, we're all boring. No, 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 no. We're, we're still, hold on. So she, she just cheats on Mark, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or cheats on 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 uh, John, John. Johnny with Mark, right? And then he's all like, "Yeah," uh, which which they make abundantly clear that they are best Friendly friends. Movie, yes. <laughs> <laughs> like every other line is "Mark is my best friend," or "Johnny's my best friend," or "Mark and Johnny are best friends." <laughs> right? But but after it's over, after Mark and Lisa have sex he's like why are you doing this to me and stuff and it's like it, it's just always blaming lisa for everything uh-huh. yeah. right and then um you know he's like he's my best friend <laughs> we can't do this to him and then the flower scene happens and is my absolute favorite scene in the entire mu- movie is like because again tommy's going to to go surprise lisa right um, for a guy that she says is boring, he is surprising her like every scene with something, right? <laughs> but he goes and it is marvelous. It's like a 15 second scene of him in the flower shop. And I don't know, it's the best thing ever. <laughs> yeah, all the, all the dialogue's rushed. It's like, oh, hi, yeah, hi, they're, hi, they're, here are your flowers. Oh, it's you. Okay, all right, bye. You're my favorite customer. Yeah, it's it's all on top of each other. They're like they're not waiting for sentences to land or anything like that. And then he just pets a dog and leaves, and it's and it's wonderful. Yeah, but I I actually rewound it and watched it again. So he he brings the flowers to Lisa, and she's like, uh, he's like, I got passed over for the promotion. First you've ever heard about it, right? Well, no, no, they they mentioned it in the scene with the mom. But real quick, before that happens, there's another awkward ass scene with Denny, right? Where like she's she's like ordering a pizza and and whatever. And Denny just comes in and he's like, hey, and she's like, I'm busy. Do you want a drink? Which is weird, right? That's not how humans talk. And then um, he's like, I want to kiss you and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's just so weird. And it's like. And then he goes again, doesn't he? She's like, no, enough he goes. Yeah. (laughs) It's just like, yeah, she's like, no, Denny. And he's like, all right. (laughs) Yeah. And then it's like, that's it. (laughs) And then he comes in and with the with the promotion nonsense yeah right and he's like you know i was passed over my promotion i waited three months 
<laughs> now, now you have to realize though is that this guy if you if you listen to the story he's only been in the banking industry for like well depending on which part in the film either five or seven years because early in the film she's like i've been with him for five given five years of my life yeah. and later seven years of my seven life years. i met her when i was a bus boy and i was like you went from a bus boy to like a high-end san francisco banker in five <laughs> to seven years like you gotta be kidding me so she's used to sh- stuff's happening fast in their life <laughs> 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 Except for evidently getting married, <laughs> you know, yeah. seven years together as uh, adults usually leads to uh, marriage much sooner. But who knows? Um, yeah. this, whole, this whole promotion scene again is another example of bad scripting because they come in and she goes, uh, "Did you get the promotion?" He says, "No," and then she goes, "You didn't get it, did you?" Well, he already just told you that. I, I don't <laughs> even understand how that script like, got in there. Bad <laughs> <laughs> scripted choices. Yeah, you didn't get it, did you? Because you just told me. Uh, like the whole thing, yeah. just so <laughs> freaking weird. Um, and then she's just like, "All well, right, then they well, have to drink." Yeah, let's get drunk. And he's like, "Oh, don't you know we've been together seven, five years?" And <laughs> And I don't drink. And she's like, yeah, I'll just shut up, wuss, and drink, right? And then drink this whiskey and vodka mix. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I honestly feel like Tommy Wiseau might be a robot. All right. Or just give alien. me a second. Yeah. yeah like yeah. this is AI trying to put together how people live. And this is what it came out with. <laughs> Here, let's have people drinks. And it's just like, mix, 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 mix. And it's just, yeah, it's terrible. People drinks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> oh, <God>. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, oh, go ahead. I, I don't even know what what's going on anymore, man. Well, <laughs> so then, okay, so let's just kind of <laughs> speed it up a, a little. So, uh, no, 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 no. Um, I actually, in, and then in my quote, like in my um, notes here is like right after this, after a remark about how all the music sounds like it's from a medieval fantasy movie. Uh-huh. Um, it says, yeah. damn, just like clockwork, another sex scene, three and 26 minutes is what I have written down. <laughs> That's not after they get drunk, right? Yes, it is. Holy it is. shit. And it's the same sex scene as the star, or at least using the same shots. Yeah. Because suddenly the rose again. Yeah, there's a yeah exactly. There's a rose again, <laughs> but it's just like rotating around the room again, like shot through the curtains. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With a million a million candles being lit, dangerous when you're that drunk as well, right? Yeah. And and light sheets hanging about. It's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we are 26 minutes into this movie. This movie is like an hour and 40 minutes long. So then it cuts to her and her friend. Right the next day, and she's like, "Tommy got drunk and beat me." <laughs> I thought it was the mom again. Oh, it? was it the mom? It's the mom the next time. Yeah, the mom admits she has breast cancer. Yeah, and and and, and Lisa's like, "Oh, don't worry about it." Yeah, oh, that's not fine. And then they just carry on talking. Yeah. Like, it's fine. It's okay. <laughs> Lisa only cares about her problems. Yeah. <laughs> yes, certainly. Her mom's got loads. She's like, "I oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it." And then she's like, "Oh." Oh, uh, Johnny. And then suddenly it's the world's a, a massive, massive problem. And that's when she says, don't she, that to her mum that um, he got drunk in here. Yeah. And then his mom, his mom even, or her mom even knew that Johnny doesn't drink. Yeah. She's like, you're out of your gourd. <laughs> no. He doesn't drink. 
Yeah, he's the best guy ever, <laughs> and so financially stable. <laughs> That's it. He's got a good job. He's financially oh, stable. No, That's no, no. Like whenever they're talking about it, and she's like, you know, I don't want to love. I, I don't love him anymore, or whatever. Like this scene, um, he, he, she's like, well, what's wrong with it? Or she goes, you don't know him like I do. He didn't get a promotion. It's like the first like, <laughs> that's on the top like of her list of things that are wrong with him. <laughs> I, I made a note about this scene. I don't know what you guys thought, but as they were talking, to me, it sounded like the dialogue was originally written for a telephone discussion because she's actually talking to her. And then she says, oh, can I talk to you later? You yeah. have to say as if you're in front of somebody. That's more as if you're on the phone. And it had the mm-hmm. whole yeah, like it was on a telephone. I, I bet that it was too hard for them to figure out how to get telephone like audio from from the telephone. <laughs> <laughs> and they probably tried like, you know, 30 scenes like Actually, trying to get the, the sound from the boom mic. I could see t- the, this Tommy Wiseau guy actually saying, you know, can I talk to you later? <laughs> to people? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that Normal people know. <laughs> But yeah, since he wrote it, um, <laughs> can we resume human speech later? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it, yeah, and then okay, and then we're introduced to her friend Michael by Michelle. them. Yeah, just just having sex on their couch, like <laughs> just coming into their room, right, or into their house, and just doing it on their couch, like kinky well, food it, sex too. Like they're gonna make a mess on their friend's couch. It's very yes, inconsiderate. That's right. Oh, this is Mike's yeah. amazing faces. They were, <laughs> <laughs> they were very um, stiffler from uh, yes. <laughs> seeing the whole toss. Like, oh, it's the dude from American Pie or whatever making <laughs> weird faces. Like every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, and, I don't know, and then. The, they like the mom comes back and like catches them doing it right and and like she was even she was like who are all these people coming in and out of your house <laughs> yeah, right and i was like that is exactly what i was thinking like i was in the middle of writing that down who are all these random people coming in their house and then the lady says it <laughs> like all right because then to make matters worse denny comes in to, yeah. to borrow some food yeah, yeah, like borrow all the ingredients to make a cake. Yeah, is basically what the mom wanted. is like, don't you, don't you have a cupboard or something? Yeah. Right. God, I love that grandma. Like she was yeah, the best. She was the best part. Oh my god, I could but just it watch was, him. It was just so weird because he's like, I need to borrow a cup of sugar and some flour and, and some eggs. And like, <laughs> <laughs> in, in your stove. Is this, is this a, a precursor to his drug problem? Do you think that's what it is? Oh yeah, like he's a, he wants to do a drug thing, so maybe he's making some brownies or something. You know? oh, oh, good call. That is no, no. That is that is too well thought out for this movie. <laughs> that is that is too subtle of foreshadowing for <laughs> for it to be accurate. Yeah, there's no way Tommy was a doesn't think like i guarantee he thinks you put weed up your butt <laughs> <laughs> well this is it so the next scene is the drug dealer thing, yeah right? yeah yeah and at no point do they really they just talk about drugs as a thing 
yeah. what is actually drugs. You're on drugs. What drugs are you on? And he's never going to tell because I don't think he actually knows what you're saying. <laughs> and, he, and, he, and he's just like, leave me alone. And they're like, what drugs, Denny? He's like, I don't want to answer. And they're like, but what drugs? And they're like yelling at him. And he's like, stop yelling at me. I think they might have actually just been berating the kid on set. And like, that's his actual genuine reaction because he's like, you know, crying and stuff. And it's pro- yeah, that whole scene, aside from them just yelling at Denny, is probably the the best like acted scene in the whole entire movie. I like how every scene yeah, where it ends with Johnny and anyone as the scenes like fading out every time he's like, and if you need anything, let me know. I will be there for you and I will solve all your problems. Like every single time, every time he's with Denny and I believe, didn't he do that at, uh, in the with diner Mark with too. Mark? And I think also in the scene with Peter that's later. Oh yeah. 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 Huh. Maybe yeah, I've so got to mention this. So, so this, this, this drug dealer bit happens on the roof of mm-hmm. their like apartment. Yeah. So the roof seems to be this weird play, hangout to play football, which <laughs> seems a bit strange. And you know the door that they're going down in on? Yeah. Did anyone try to work the physics of that thing out? Yes. Because I, I just couldn't work out. It looks like you're going off of the building to go down into the staircase. Yeah, again. It's a bit of a Doctor Who task. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's just another one of the things that's like, just slightly wrong you know like they don't understand th- things you know <laughs> the spoons in the picture framed that's a another one that's just weird like in the background like there's a lot of weird like oh i didn't realize i should take out the spoons in the picture like the picture frames on the bedside have y'all noticed that Mm-mm. Like, <laughs> all the pictures in the background all have like little spoons in the like it's like what? they just bought frames and left the pictures of the silverware from target or whatever like in the back that makes, it, yeah it's just like oh man that makes sense because Ow. the documentary about this is called a room full of spoons and it was like a tell-all about the production of this you know so the disaster artist is as well uh the book and the and the film but they did a, a documentary talking about like who the hell is Johnny or er, er, Tommy Wiseau and all this stuff, and so it, it's called a room full of spoons. Well, it got blocked by court order. <laughs> he's suing the shit out of these people for whatever. So anyway, he's a litigious man, which weird. Like that's, that's weird. That's an right. Huh. Well, I mean, if he's doing weird money laundering and stuff, I'm sure he doesn't want anybody uh, actually like looking into anything good call huh yeah yeah but anyway yeah i i was always wondering why it was called room full of spoons but i I bet that's why probably okay so this guy fails at, at dialogue he fails at plot devices he fails at story all of it right do y'all think yeah. that maybe this is really, really high concept art, and he's he's no. done like the, it's just a use of uh, like it's symbolism that we're not getting. Yeah, and some sort of like deconstruction on what it is that actually makes a movie. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely we'll, not. We'll get it. <laughs> yeah, let's keep watching it until we understand, Craig. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, I I, I was just. Just wondering. (laughs) (laughs) 
Anyway. So the next scene, you've had the drug dealer scene. The next one is the famous one, isn't it? That, that came on. It's the whole walking up onto the roof. Was that the next one? Oh no, yeah. I didn't. I did not hit her. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what came up. Yes, because it has to be before his birthday party and stuff. This film to me was everything all at once. Like all these scenes could have been interchanged. Right. Yeah, I don't absolutely. remember at all the order and I watched this less than 12 <laughs> hours ago. <laughs> yeah, because even that one, like he could be mad about saying he didn't hit her and then later you could have her talking to the mom about her him hitting her and it would still make sense. Well, he was never <laughs> confronted it you know we don't know that he knows he's been saying that he's been beating her and all of a sudden he came to well comes up on the roof talking to himself like a nut job yeah <laughs> but luckily mark is there oh hi mark <laughs> oh hi mark <laughs> yeah but and that's the thing. Goes, I, sorry it's just this is another bit where it reinforces him being his best friend i'm so happy to have when well, he's talking about lisa i'm so happy to have her she's brilliant no, so i'm so happy to have you as a best friend and then yeah. and i love lisa so much yeah. like, right okay we got that <laughs> and then i think that it's that scene where like somebody else mentions like a girl getting beat for something i don't remember what it what the context was because it's just in my notes but then he laughs about yeah, it yeah he goes <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, yeah I, and, and so it's like i don't know well while he's on the roof with that he he does also say i wrote this down just women never say what they mean <laughs> yeah like out of context like what <sighs> like we're talking about her saying that she beat you not that's a totally different thing than women never say what they mean yeah like yeah i I don't know like i don't even remember like what the this the middle section of this movie is kind of a blur for me yeah oh (laughs) so it's like i don't know so so what what now like they're they're talking about how lisa's gonna throw him a surprise party Mm -hmm. right for his birthday because it's like his birthday, like the next day, and then they're getting married like the next week. It's like what it is or like a month away. And she still hasn't gotten her wedding gown, which like, I don't know if you guys realize that is not enough time to get a wedding gown. <laughs> right? Like less than a month. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Because you got to get the alterations and. Yeah. Huh. But but anyway. Um, so it seems to me like she's been planning not having this wedding for a while, unless this movie has spanned months and we just don't know. It could have been it a could single have day. Two years. Cause we got it, the five years oh, and then the seven years. I think there's, I've Oh my God. What if this was gap. going on for two years? What if we're yeah. only seeing his side of the story and then all the other time he's beating her? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, <laughs> What if Lisa's not bad? Like, all what if she's the, the hero? Yeah, she's it is weird of- though that she's planning a surprise party for a guy that she's not going to marry <laughs> later. Well, or- well, you know, it turns out that it was all a ploy so she could get all of her friends over, all their friends over, <gasps> have them go outside so her and Mark can uh. make out. Kinky. How many times you've been to a party and everyone goes, "Hey, let's all go outside and get some fresh air," and then everybody went outside. <laughs> <laughs> the hardest thing. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and he was like, "This was your plan all along." 
It's like, what a horrible plan. Because, <laughs> I mean, obviously they had been doing stuff before and not gotten caught. Right. I don't know. Maybe maybe like, you know, the whole point about her being bored is like she wants that. She wants like the adventurous sex sort of thing. You know, like she's an exhibitionist. Maybe she just wants a partner that understands basic human interaction. <laughs> like she's bored of this crazy alien bullshit. Well, I don't think she's going to find it in this movie. <laughs> yeah. That that scene. So when when uh, Lisa is uh, kissing Mark, when the rest of them are all outside in the party, they get caught, don't they? But yeah. the person that comes in and catches them is that someone that was completely new that we've never seen before in the movie? Yes. It's actually, and this is the, oh. this is two thirds of the way through, isn't it? Yeah. And suddenly, we're introducing new characters. Yeah. Well, what actually happens is is that the, um, their psychiatrist or psychologist friend actually quit the film during the filming, so they just gave his lines to a new guy that they pretend ah. is the boyfriend, or maybe was it always the boyfriend of Lisa's best friend, and so it's just the. Uh, accountant guys, I mean, sorry, the psychiatrist guys character put on to completely. Oh, right. wow. Okay. <laughs> wow. No need to explain. He just comes in with like such intensity and like powerful lines. Like he's been <laughs> coaching her the whole show. He's just like, what are you thinking? Oh, uh, can we can we talk about that scene as well? So that's that bit. So we're at the party. Can we jump ahead? Or, yeah. Um, why not? So so we're at we're at that party. They've all they, they get caught. Everyone comes in and they start to have this big fight, don't they? And yeah. Was it me or did they just did they fight twice? So they, they had did. this fight and then it all calmed down and they said, "Oh, let's go out." And I I looked down to write notes and I'm looking back up and suddenly we're in another fight scene. Yeah. That is exactly what happens. <laughs> they like. I thought I blacked out. Minutes, I don't know. They like they shook on it and they were friends again, and then they weren't like two minutes later. Yeah. Well, not even two minutes was it? It was like yeah. ten seconds. It was just let's have another fight. Yeah, and then that's where you get the cheap, cheap one. That's like the cheap, cheap fight. Yeah, that's what it's all been building up to. That's right. It but was, there was there was one bit in this movie which I thought was quite good and would have been quite interesting. The bit where um, he decides that he's going to record everything that's going on the phone. And he does that sort of halfway through. And then we don't hear anything until right at the end. And it's such a wasted plot device because I thought this could actually be a good bit. But yeah, <laughs> absolute yeah. waste. And then there's also like the weird subplot about her faking a pregnancy. <laughs> It's very end, yeah. <laughs> the announcement. He announces it to everybody and yeah. us at the yeah, same she's time. She's not even next to him. You just thought there'd have been a conversation between those two, but nope. Yeah. It's like he he's just like, guess what, everybody? Lisa's pregnant. And then that's it. That's <laughs> like <laughs> maybe she didn't fake it. Maybe he just announced that. Like, well they asked they asked her, didn't they? They said, yeah. Why have you faked pregnancy? So did she say to make it more exciting? That's what she says. Yeah. She goes, To make it more okay, exciting. Yeah. To make what? <laughs> like to breaking this guy's heart more exciting? Like it's just life more exciting. Yeah, it makes no cause, sense. Because not only then will she be like, you know, breaking up with him as a fiance, but also like you're not gonna be a father. You know? And it's like if he was really, really looking forward to that, that's gonna crush him. Right? Like, this lady is a monster in this movie. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, but but real quick, um, I forgot about my favorite part about the tuxedo football thing because that happened like right before all this. Um, yeah. And I was just scrolling through my notes. Uh, there's a part where Denny passes it to Mark, right? Which, by the way, that's all he did was pass it to Mark. He was just like, "Go long, Mark. Here, Mark, take this, Mark." And it was like, okay. but one time he passed it to him and went pew. <laughs> like, <laughs> like under his breath <laughs> it, was like, <laughs> it, was, it was so amazing <laughs> yeah anyway oh um the, uh, oh uh, we we also we also missed the the best line in the whole entire movie while they were fighting in the at the party when he was like leave your stupid comments in your pocket <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, something that was you reminded me of a minute ago that I really enjoyed and maybe a little more than I should have. But the whole thing where he's setting up that tape recorder, he's just like, I'll show her. And then he just like reaches into his pocket and pulls out a blank cassette. Like he's just <laughs> keeps them there. Like it's amazing. <laughs> Dude, that sucks because uh, it was right around that time that I fell asleep for a minute. And. <laughs> And so I, I woke back up and didn't think I missed anything. And so I was like, I, which normally I'd rewind it, but I'd already gone too far, you know, in this film. And so anyway, I, I, I was like, so that whole tape recorder shit, I was like, oh, that crafty bastard. He did it. I didn't, I wasn't aware that there was a terrible setup to it. Huh? All right. Well, yeah. So yeah. he catches her and Mark on the phone talking about how Mark wants to explore her body. <laughs> yeah. Even, even though he actually had already witnessed her telling her mother mm -hmm. from around a corner that, that he like he already has confirmation because he heard it out of the mouth of Lisa mm -hmm. that he is cheating on her. And then he decides he needs more proof to get her voice again on tape. Like, it's a pretty bizarre lead in. Well, yeah. you know, if if your exposure to human culture has just been television, you know, then you want to make sure that you've got it on tape for like the, the courtroom reveal scene, you know, that is inevitably going to happen. But uh, I don't know. Also, what time period is this movie supposed to be in? I'd say it late in like 90s. 2003, right? Mm -hmm. Did they still have full size cassette, like phone recorders? Dude, remember? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Did yeah. people use them though? Remember, we yeah. we used to record junkies demos on it. Yeah, well, yeah, there was like a four track recorder though. No, I had uh, the exact one he had. But... <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi, junkies! <laughs> but yeah, we yeah no, they were they were around in the early two thousands, just mm. not very prevalent. But yeah, I mean, like the whole thing st still like looks like it was in the 90s, though. Oh, definitely. Yes. It does have that feel. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then uh, Lisa goes to live with Mark or just goes to see Mark. And then Tommy Wiseau has a or sorry, Johnny has like a, a <laughs> pity party. Right. And he's just like, everyone's against me. I'll show them everyone like for a while. And then, yeah, it goes on entirely too long. And then he blows his brains out. 
Well, well, there's a bit before that. So he trashes the house. And then the, the bit I found slightly uncomfortable, he picks up Lisa's red dress, places oh, it against yeah. his crotch, yeah. and he's humping whilst crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. watching this going, what? That is purely the director. He, that's, he's like, really, it's him coming out right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a weird interaction. Then he rips it after that, yeah. which is also kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Huh. And so they go find like Mark and Lisa come back for some reason and they find him dead. And they're Mark's just like, get away from me, Lisa. You're a monster. <laughs> and he's like, John, Johnny was such a good guy. And, and he's the my Danny, best friend. <laughs> and then Danny comes in like to borrow sugar or something again. And he's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, get away. Y'all both suck. And then like cries and hugs him. And that's the end. What yeah. was the point of the whole? Like, what was the point? Was there any theme, anything at all? No. Well, I think it was like you guys said. Johnny was a great guy, and his, his, his girlfriend was horrible to him. <laughs> this is brilliant. Yeah, I mean, like I, I really think that he went through a terrible breakup or something, and that's what did all this. It had to. There had to be. I, I also, I don't know. Maybe he, Tommy Wiseau himself is like a glitch in the matrix. Maybe he never should have been. Cuz think about it. Like he doesn't seem to have a origin story that makes sense. He has money like, like in real life? Yes. He has yeah. money that came out of nowhere. This man is because just a he's a glorified cheat you, code. Even if you do make a lot of money, right? Yeah. I don't think you're going to make it importing leather jackets. No. <laughs> like does that make people insanely rich where was he importing them from into like from like the from china or somewhere in asia to the u.s i mean it was the 90s right oh yeah oh my god yeah everybody wants the like mario van peebles look (laughs) wilson's leather was a thing (laughs) i I had two (laughs) what i had had two leather jackets well, I mean, like technically, <laughs> technically, I have a leather jacket, but it's not like that kind of leather jacket. You know what I mean? Like it's just a jacket that's leather. It doesn't touch touch the ground. Uh, if we're counting those, <laughs> if we're counting those, then I've had four. <laughs> and one of which was brush suede. <laughs> okay. Uh, so maybe you helped Tommy Wiseau make his millions and now i bought them all responsible like, for this movie i bought two of them at least just second hand they were they were <laughs> straight up like uh thrift shop but mm-hmm. uh yeah well uh what would y'all give this <laughs> one out of five or you know, one through like, five this movie is so much not a movie i'm i'm not sure how to actually rate it <laughs> like Part of me wants to give it a one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the other part of me wants to give it a zero, but I feel like that's cheating. So I think one. <laughs> <laughs> what what film was it uh, we covered a few weeks back that pissed me off? Like, uh, And I said it was the worst film I've ever seen. I guess I blocked it out. 
but I don't know. There's been so many. Oh, Garbage Pail Kids. Can, um, can I give it a half? Oh, um, garbage Pail Kids is terrible. Yeah, I will say Garbage Pail Kids. better than this. No, I'll say Garbage Pail yeah, Kids is worse than this. <laughs> because at least no. this had the, oh, hi, like the memorable shit. Okay, but it wasn't memorable because it was good. Oh, no, no. It was memorable. You can't say, oh, I'm going to give this movie higher marks because it had things that were so shitty they're rememberable. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not giving it higher marks. It's still a one out of five. <laughs> but it just was a better film than that. <laughs> better than Garbage Pail Kids? I don't think it was, dude. I think it was. No. There's something think- going on in Garbage Pail Kids. Like, there's, this a, is- there's, there's kind of a plot. And there's um, a competence. There's an editing competence, at least. Yeah. There, <laughs> there were people who were actually acting. Um, the special effects weren't that shitty. I mean, they were, but they were way better than the green screen in this movie. If you want to compare, like, visual effects. <laughs> now you talk about the green screen. But the one thing that we haven't picked up on is the fact that this movie is called The Room. Yeah. But it didn't just happen in a room. The apartment had two rooms. There was an outside. There was a coffee shop. There was a roof. Yeah, there was a a florist. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. It didn't even stick to its concept. (laughs) (laughs) Can I give it a minus one? Yeah. And and so, like, with with Garbage Pail Kids, you had kids that came out of a garbage pail. Stuck to the concept. Yeah, good call. The I still enjoyed this better. They're both terrible films that I'll <laughs> never watch again. I mean, I'm I'm not totally convinced that there's not some sort of like weird esoteric like sort of like thing that like he he went into a trance and he got some sort of outline and he drew some points and then he connected him as best he could. But <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not counting on it, but <laughs> freaky enough it could be there. Yeah, so so Clint, what's the Gnostic lesson behind this movie? Oh yeah, yeah, we need to know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Is it, is it just like don't give in to pleasures of the flesh? <laughs> is that what it is? No. Um, huh. I, I don't. I don't know, man. I, I think I'm going to go to a half star. Can I do that? <laughs> I, it's allowed. <laughs> it's, it's our. It's our damn show. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to give it a half star because I feel like zero is You know what? I'll pick up your other half star. One and a half. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking the averages. No, no. Uh, Yeah, still one out of five. Uh, Justin, what do you think? Uh, I'm going to give it a one. I mean, you know, money was spent on it. The the picture looked kind of okay. Um, It was terrible. It's not a good, bad movie. You know, it's not a troll two, like I sort of said previously, but yeah. No, I'll give it a one. All right. Clint, what do you give it? Yeah, I'd, I'd give it a one as well. I feel like it gets the one because you start thinking about it's so bad. You start actually contemplating what's going on behind <laughs> things. And like to me, that has a certain value, but it's, it's still a one. But yeah, there's it's that is a confusing it's film. It's like it's so bad. There has to be more. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like let's hand the script over to a Jungian analysis, like kind of person, <laughs> just like like what what's what do you think's going on here? Let's there's a doctoral thesis in there about the psychology <laughs> of the guy. You could just go on, take him apart. <laughs> All right, so like three one stars and a half. <laughs> All right, well, 
That's good. Um, I guess we will be back with our review of Womb by Duncan Ralston. Would you please remove your podcast from the internet? It doesn't help the world in any way. You don't possess those skills. What a sad life way to express yourself to your peers. Mel suggested we record a promo for Barely Living the Dream, our podcast about independent filmmaking straight from the trenches. I suggested we read some hate mail, you know, to keep us humble. This one, I, this one uh, was I'm right out of the place. Show it was free. Now, if I can get an hour and a half of this, I'll be able to talk about a movie that doesn't go anywhere. Join us as we talk about making movies and living the dream. Barely. New episodes available every couple weeks. When we aren't on set. Only on the B&E Podcast Network. Available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and bmoviesandebooks.com. How do you think you guys sound like total fools? And we are back. We're talking Duncan Ralston's... <laughs> I almost said the room again. We're talking Womb by Duncan Ralston. Um... Now, I have already said that, you know, to me, this is a five out of five and all this stuff. So I, I'm i going to let Brian and Clint and Justin kind of take the lead on a lot of this. But before we do any of that, Clint, you don't typically read a lot of fiction, do you? Not not by <laughs> the normal definition of fiction. Yeah, I read a lot of... <laughs> <laughs> like to qualify that it's like i read a lot of like esoteric weird stuff that's like clearly fiction but was written with a non-fiction instructional kind of an intent so like like parables reading, <laughs> what's that like parables no, like no just like weird metaphysical books and stuff like that um so yeah reading any kind of like thriller or non-fiction was totally off my radar so it was it was nice to change it up a little bit yeah and part of the reason that uh you know, I, w- I was really happy that you um, decided that you would uh, join us for this show was because this film or this book is so off the beaten path that I wanted to get somebody's take that wasn't as into, you know, wasn't as into uh, fiction. So anyway, I don't know. Um, and... Yeah. Now, Justin, you have you've read this before, right? Multiple times or once? Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the reason why I really wanted to do this podcast. I listened to your previous one and you talked about the fact you were going to do Womb. And you said that, you know, you've spoken a lot about it. So great. Now someone on. So I instantly messaged you and say, I want to talk about this book. <laughs> I mean, I I got uh, I got a fan's copy of it originally and then I had a read of it i loved it that much i then bought it on ebook and then i bought a paperback copy when that came out as well just to support it same here um, i guess it's, it's it's that good and it, it was that good to me that after i read it i didn't want to write for another week afterwards i thought damn i gotta get somehow close to that but, you know that that was how much it all blew me away yeah it's a uh I'm trying to pull up the the summary, and apparently my phone is just crap. <laughs> but but um, hold on real quick. Let's see. I love how much dead air we do all the time. <laughs> Y'all don't cut that out? Come on. <laughs> no, <laughs> Why would we cut right? it out? All right. So the lonely motel holds many dark secrets, and room six might just possess the worst of them all. Angel knows a lot about pain. His mother died in this room. He's researched its history. 
He's come back today to end it, no matter the cost, once and for all. Prostitute Shiloh believes the stories Angel tells her can't be true. Secrets so vile you won't want to let them inside you. But the lonely motel doesn't forget, it doesn't forgive, and it always claims its victim. Very, very, uh, uh, you know, uh, that description doesn't really get into much of the plot of this book. So, um, I, I like how in, cause you just read that off of the, the Kindle description, right? Yeah. Um, I like how before that is a quote from Matt Shaw <laughs> that's just like, trust me when I say this is messed up. <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. Be saying it. Yeah. And, you know, like if you've read any of his book or any of his books or, you know, uh, Justin's and stuff, you realize that this is like really high praise, like coming from these guys. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. Um, Where where do we want to start with this? Um, (laughs) Because, I mean, that's that's a pretty that's a pretty accurate representation of what's going on in the book. Like the overall plot is you know, a guy hired a prostitute and he's telling her some stories, right? As you and, do. <laughs> yeah, as, 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 as one does, right? Um, where do we want to, where do we want to go with this? I don't know, man. You, you take it. Cause I mean, I don't want to spoil it. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's a few vignettes, right? I guess. Um, let's see how many are there. Um, there is four. I think it's four. Yeah. Six. yeah. Well, well, it's well. I mean, if you count, are you counting Shiloh's? Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah. And and the overall like arc arcing story like of them actually, and then there's like it's basically like six intertwining stories. Yeah. Yeah. The main one, the one she tells, and the four he tells. Oh, I forgot about hers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> should we talk about them? <laughs> Cause I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to give away too much of it because it's, it's a really like gripping, like well done book. Okay. Um, you know, it's, it's one of, uh, you know, Matt Shaw does those black cover books that are like extreme horror right and we've covered a couple of them on here and this is a black cover book not written by him right um it's it's extreme but it's like controlled huh it's much more controlled and and subdued than some of the the black yes but it's like psychological horror yeah it's super (laughs) twisted but not for, for some people some people, a lot of this in here is probably going to be worse than just like gory, you yeah. know, yeah. knives in the vagina thing. Like yeah, because yeah, this, 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 <laughs> uh, well, this isn't there's a serial killer or there's a monster or there's a ghost or, or whatever going on. This is about this is about these stories that are being told. And it's they're all very much kind of human life stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can sort of relate to them. Weirdly. <laughs> That's something that I don't know if I, I don't know if exposed too much of myself. So. <laughs> We've all been there, right? <laughs> what were you gonna say, Clint? Oh, I was just gonna say that, like, 
that's something that I wasn't really sure about reading it is I wasn't sure because it, you know, build as a thriller and I'm not really familiar with like the subgenres and things like that. And uh, so I was like, man, Craig, there's not a lot of like blood and guts and stuff, but it still was thrilling and like holds you. And, and I, I guess I don't want to s- say it in a negative way, but you know, even though I, f- I felt like, some parts of it were a little bit fragile. Like if I were to say things, it might give a little bit too much away despite that quality of it. It really still held your attention. You're still not quite totally sure what's going on. So I, mm-hmm. I kind of liked that leading and surprising bits that, you know, kind of come out through it. So it not being, you know, just slasher kind of surprise jump out sort of thing, which is yeah. what I was expecting. Yeah. I think yeah. for me, what, what really uh, blew me away is at the time we were covering this, I read this, uh, I guess, roughly this time last year, maybe September last year. But um, uh, so we were reading like a lot of extreme horror on the show, as we tend to do. And this was a black cover book. So I was expecting for it to be a, a much more typical extreme horror book. And mm-hmm. so... The fact that I thought at first that it was just going to be an anthology, uh, you know, with this wraparound of of Angel and Shyla. And then you start because I didn't know anything about it. Never even I never read Duncan Ralston stuff. I knew kind of who he was because of uh, his book, Every Part of the Animal. Um, I bought, but I hadn't read yet. And so anyway, um. But yeah, I I started reading it and it blew me away at how different this was Mm -hmm. more than anything. uh, This was and still is one of the one of the most unique books I've read in a long time. And yes, it gets very, very dark, very dark. um, And it takes it in a a totally different direction with, uh, with a climax that is foreshadowed kind of, uh, but you're like, no way is he going to go there? No way is he going to, Oh God, he's going there. I'm going to say something about that climax. So I'm not going to ruin it at all, but the one thing that I, I liked when we got to the climax and thinking what's going to happen. And then what happened is kind of the inevitable, what mm-hmm. would happen. And yeah. You're like, oh yeah. Well, okay, of course, but it's still really, really good. And yeah. I really like that bit. <laughs> yeah, that's what surprised me is I was really okay with the things that I, even the things that I found to be inevitable in the book, which is just like, oh, but it's still really good. And it's not, ex- you know, he still does a really good job of surprising you with it and doing it up originally. So I, I really did like that. The ending is pretty. Uh, the the <laughs> one thing that caught me with this book straight away was the title. Um, I mean, when it was a it, in, in the black short, uh, sorry, the black cover version, you've just got, it's just black with womb three words, just, uh, three, sorry, four letters written on it, W-O-O-M. And that already had me intrigued. I knew, you know, what is this going to be about? And the thing that I really liked is that that title, it, it runs through the other chapters, all the chapters, apart from the first chapter, which is just called Room 6, so that's the setup. The rest are all, they've got double meanings to mm-hmm. them. So, for instance, the next chapter is called Cramps, but it's Cram, and then in the brackets ps yeah and those two words are exactly something that's happening the next one says prolapse with the lapse in brackets and again the two they they mean something to that chapter and that really kind of marked out to me the intelligence of which this book was actually written yeah it was really clever yeah um 
Especially uh, going back and reading it a second time, knowing where it's going, it blew yes. me away at how many little details were in there. And also, I guess I, I don't know how I had missed so many references, almost uh, even a lot of them hidden references to like yeah. fate and stuff like that. You know that that. Almost that this was their fate to come together in this room. And almost as if the room itself, uh, which you can't not see this, but the room itself was was a, a character in the story. It seemed mm-hmm. a lot more pronounced upon second reading to me. Um, but yeah, so reading this, uh, I, you know, this is only my second time to read it. But I'm like you. I bought the ebook and I, I got the paperback as well because this is one that I want to be able to just loan out and... <laughs> and kind yeah. of... You talk about that, you know, on the second reread, and, and I'd say I, I read it again this week for uh, uh, for the show, and uh, the things that, I, you know, we've just spoken about the room of the film, but the thing that irritated me the most in that is there was lots of scenes which did nothing. It was just padding throughout the movie. This book, every single sentence, every single little bit that's mentioned there's a reason to it that all mm-hmm. builds up and it gets to the end and after i finished reading it friday i've spent most of the weekend rethinking that rethinking about how all the little setups are and all the the people are perfectly positioned in the places to get to where you are at the end and and the some of like the the choice of certain words and stuff have like a really profound meaning as you go along the story yes you know and it's like everything is really calculated and it's 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 kind of impressive you know especially for like basically a short story you know i mean it's a novella i guess you know like to put that much work and craft into it you know um but yeah i don't i don't don't know if it would work as a longer book no Um, i think you start introducing flab into it that you wouldn't need the fact that it's so tight makes it so impressive i think mm-hmm. and it even though it's something you can read in two hours or something like that and like it's not a very long book at all it seems to be it's so packed with details and stuff it seems like it's a a longer read you know uh i will say that there's a certain scene in this uh involving um i forget the character's name but it's uh, the woman that goes to the room because she had she had gotten pregnant, right? That Mary? Scene, yes, Mary. Mary's story both times made me cringe at yeah, that a was, level. That was rough. That I've almost, like, it's very, very few that I've had that experience of being like, oh, yeah, God. Like, was, just freaking. That was like, rough. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I... You know, and from time to time, I'll reach out to authors. Uh, you know, sometimes it, it's like, you know, hey, I don't know you, but you're we're covering your book on the show. You know, that kind of stuff. This I had bought. I I own a lot of Matt Shaw books because I'm a fan of of his his writing and, and stuff like that. And especially these these black cover books, they're ninety nine cents. You know, just scoop them up. And so I owned you know quite a bit of of Matt Shaw books. Um, and that's the reason that I bought this, you know, never having, I mean, it was 99 cents, um, at the time I believe. And so 
picked it up and not expecting much went out to the park uh, <laughs> with the, my family and I'm sitting there just reading this and come home finish it and I, I shot Duncan Ralston a, uh, a message and, and since then we've gone on to to talk and message quite a bit and become friendly but like uh but yeah it, it, I had to tell him, dude, this blew me away. And then he told me uh, that his mom read it and she was a fan. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it just it, it's often that I will I'll send, you know, stuff related to the show. But I read this separately of the show and had to contact the guy and just say, look, dude, this was freaking amazing. Like what a what a really, really awesome story. So. One thing Duncan Ralston does uh, really, really well is um, it, uh, I've read a couple of his other books. So he's very good at dialogue. His dialogue is very, very natural. And what I liked very much about this book, the dialogue was good in it, but the characterization as well. They weren't like um, they, they each character was very, very uh, uh, individual with their own bits, but it wasn't done in a very broad brushstroke, ham fisted sort of way. It, it was subtle. So it made it a lot more realistic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they like you know the little character movements, like descriptions of like even what they were looking at, you know, at, at the time would just kind of uh, sort of really inform you of who they were and and things like that. I don't know. Yeah, I I found that the guy's writing style, like it it just really plays out like a really tightly written hour and a half long movie. I mean, I. I don't know if that makes any sense, but just like the way that he wrote, I was just like, oh man, this is like, like if they took this identically and just read it out and played this out, like scene for scene, it would make a, just a really well cut tight movie with everything you need, nothing you don't, nothing extraneous. Like it all has tie-ins to everything else. And I just really thought that that was pretty unique for something as short as it was. Well, it's going to happen apparently, isn't it? I think, um, Purgatory yeah. pictures. Yeah, sure. Michael oh, Ray. Wow. I think they've they've spoken to Duncan Ralston about it. I think Duncan Ralston is actually writing a screenplay for it himself. Yeah, and I don't think he'd need to change much. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It makes you wonder what the rating of that would be. <laughs> you know, obviously it'll probably be unrated, but uh, yeah, I think if they wanted to release it and actually get it like in theaters or something, besides like the odd, you know, like river oaks over here or something like that um they would have to change a lot yeah <laughs> I, I don't think it would I, I mean i feel like you could make it just as it is and it you couldn't yeah it wouldn't be very marketable if you change but it wouldn't be as good as if you, if you change it up a bunch i guess is what i'm trying to say yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i think go with it you know make it the way it is if it gets banned in certain countries great that's a great marketing ploy isn't it <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah shooting yeah. the centipede everyone knows what that is even if they don't like the horror exactly <laughs> You know, these things do work. I mean, I don't know what you guys um, think when you're sort of comparing uh, Duncan Russell's style, particularly in Womb, but have you ever read much um, Chuck Palahniuk, like Fight Club, um, Rant, any of those kind of things? Yeah. Because what I found is, particularly in the second chapter, Cramps, which to I think of all of them was one of my favorite chapters in there, because that one just got me angry to start with. Yeah. The guy's situation. And then it just kept getting worse and worse <laughs> and worse. And to, 
to the point where at the end it was just so bad and sickening but it was so well written it had that caustic bile about about you know the modern life and how to get in these situations and and the way that it kind of ended with the whole um uh, i can't remember that but there was like a motif that ran throughout that entire chapter and it finished with it just so brilliantly it was almost Uh, the wash rinse repeat that's right yes yeah i thought that was just fantastic yeah Yeah. no like (laughs) okay so yeah we we mentioned the the setup chapter chapter you just talked about cramps um the 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 third one prolapse um (laughs) which you can probably imagine what that's about uh comes off as like like a comedy uh like palate cleanser almost after (laughs) after reading that yeah that was the closest thing to something i was just like yeah yeah i don't know i did i didn't feel like it was totally like it was the one the one scene in there that didn't tie as hard into like every other scene later on did y'all feel the same way about it well i think there's a tonal disconnect uh yeah but other than that i mean i i like it but yeah tonally it's not as iconic as some of the others and and it's a little uh you know it's a little more comedic but you know hey it's just it breaks up the story a little bit you know exactly Yeah, I think oh, yeah. it's needed in there at that point because the the first, you know the opening chapter and then Cramps is so dark and so frustrated with what's going on in that one that then this one comes in reads much like a kind of a Irvine Welsh style, doesn't it? Really, and that's that's good. I think it's kind of needed within there before you go into the into the mother of all of them, which is the next chapter, which is Womb, and that's your big showstopper in the middle, isn't it? Yeah. Really, the one that gets everyone going. Blah. Yeah. That that one was very like it wasn't difficult to read. Like it had me page turn. Like you know, I was, I was reading it like crazy. But like it was it was hard to read. But I didn't want to stop. Does yeah. that make sense? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um. And and the way everything in it, which um, I'm not gonna say what it is. Uh, you know, that's happening unless we want to. But the way it was all described was just like, you know, like the nails on the chalkboard and you get the feeling like sometimes you're like teeth feel weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you're chewing tinfoil or something. I get um, I, I get weak in the knees. but Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like I had that basically through the majority of that chapter. Now, was this the, the van one? Just so I make sure I'm on the same page. No, it's the... It's the Mary, one with Mary Mary's who goes story. to the. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Sorry, I was a little flipped around there. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, that one was that one was rough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was a there was something kind of made me feel something in each one of the the chapters he kind of finds a way to make you go oh that's makes you feel really <laughs> cringy. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I think one thing that I really like about it is is this is all wrapped up in this nice, neat little package, and you understand the motivations and, and stuff, and you realize that ultimately this is a story about uh, it ends in a terrible thing, like a terrible thing happens. However, it's catharsis to the characters, you know, <laughs> like yes, and so yeah. like to which ev- is a theme which works throughout the whole book, isn't it? That's yeah, yeah, and, and so you're like, oh. 
God, I understand, but I can't relate. <laughs> like throughout the entire book. <laughs> like, like, <I> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. So uh, I, I think uh, we've only, other than this, we've only covered. Um, I, what was the name of the the, book? the other where monsters um, Duncan Ralston one? Yeah, was it where uh, the monsters where, where the monsters live? Yeah, that's the only thing that we've covered on here. Uh, he just recently released a book called Video Nasties that I, I yeah great cover great cover. That's what I was gonna say. I bought the ebook and I was like, son of a bitch, why didn't I buy the book like the paperback? So it's gonna be another title of Duncan Ralston's that I'm gonna buy two of uh, because the it looks exactly like a, a VHS, you know, the, and it's really really cool looking. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not as far into there. I'm only, uh, two stories in, but yeah, I just, as a side note, I would highly, uh, I can't give any sort of rating to it, but, uh, I, I would, if the rest of the book is, is like the first few stories, I recommend it as well. Um, there's one other thing I wanted to talk about, about we. Uh, which just in general is about when, when I read a book, um, one thing I like, if a book really stands out to me, what I like in a book is if it teaches me something I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what I found in, in Womb is there was a couple of little bits and pieces, just those little bits of information where it would kind of talk about or present good ideas that would make you think. So things that I didn't know was the whole sort of, the, have you got a list? No, like it's not I've got a list, it's that I can't yeah. announce ours. And it starts talking about speech impediments and those sort of things. Um, and, I, and I quite like that, you know. I like the fact that there's a bit of a bit of intelligence that's thrown in, a bit of random facts that you can walk away after that book and go, "Oh yeah, I know something new now." Yeah. yeah. Or the lady's um, medical condition that she has. You're just like, "Oh, yes. that's you know, pick up little <laughs> things." <laughs> and, and the other thing is just the idea. So there's this great idea about the whole thing of he doesn't believe in ghosts, but he believes that pain lingers. And if if something carries something for so long, then does that become part of it? And there's all this metaphor built around. Jonah and the whale, uh, which ties <laughs> yeah. in absolutely beautifully throughout the, the, the whole book. And it's like, did the whale miss Jonah when he spat him out? And or, yeah, I like that because you're using a highbrow thing uh, and throwing a, a good idea, which is actually coming into this very dark sort of narrative, which, you know, extreme horror, which could be considered quite a lowbrow thing, I guess, really. But that mix I thought was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Um, I honestly don't have much else to say about this other than just painting, just structurally. I I would say uh, one little quick thing, because we talked about how prolapse was sort of a, a, almost a comedic palate cleanser. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel the same way to a lesser extent though, about the one that comes next. after Yeah. Smother. Um, Cause it's, that's the one that uh, what's her name? Shyla is saying yes and so it's again a little bit like um on the on the funnier side and like the the narrative changes you know quite you know quite depthly uh because he's you know she's saying it you know it's a different person telling the story and so it feels like you know it almost a different author wrote it smother was a great chapter too because it really breaks down the psychology of fetish 
like Mm -hmm. but it it does it in a way that it's not spoiling anything or getting into any of the main characters but you still deeply get into the psychology of it and she gets into how as a prostitute she reads people and you know it kind of just the things that she's noticing are the things that you know that you're supposed to be bringing up so it's a really good way to kind of prime you for the rest of the story yeah i Mm -hmm. like how how she acknowledges almost the silliness of it, but her, um, you know, as part of her occupation, an immediacy to play into it, you know, to enhance this guy's experience and also like no judgment on it either. Yeah. You know, and he, and him being like, I, I look ridiculous, don't I? And she's like, yeah, but then, you know, everything's all game. So anyway, yeah, I, I, uh, I don't know. This is one of, one of the uh, most original stories I've ever read. And I, and I don't throw, you know, we're very, we're very hard on books in a lot of ways. Um, unless a book is just terrible. We, we generally don't rip things at a new asshole or anything, but you know, we're hard on books in general. Not many things get fives, but not only do I give this a five, I actually feel that this book is like a masterpiece. Like I absolutely love it. Um, so that's about where I'm at. <laughs> what about you? <laughs> um, here I'll, I'll go. Uh, I, I will say, you know, that n- not to judge a book by its, by its cover, Right. Um, because if you've like we mentioned, if you've read other black label or extreme horror m- movies or black cover uh, or extreme horror books, excuse me, um, y- you expect a certain thing. Right. Um, that never really happens in this book. Right. It's not incredibly violent. Um, it, it, there's nothing like that. There's s- some blood, but not too much right um but it is incredibly disturbing mm-hmm. <laughs> right and it's the it, it's really well done um if you're looking for you know that extreme horror it's not going to be exactly what you're expecting but it's definitely worth reading it anyway um because it's so good like it, it's it's great um, I think I will will give it a five as well. Boom! Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll go next. Actually, um, you know, for me, not having a lot of like, context for it and stuff like that, I wasn't really sure how to think about it at first. But then the more I thought about it and kind of was like, well, you know, for the length, like everything, it's really tight. It's really good. And so I'd, I'd give it just because of my lack of comparison. I'd give it a four out of five, just mm-hmm. in general really did enjoy that and i think for for the size of the book and the content stuff going on i mean really hits it out of the park yeah all right yeah um well i kind of said near the start about how i feel about this book i agree i think masterpiece is a word that i would use as well i've read a lot of uh horror books and a lot of modern horror as well and i think this is currently to me this is the pinnacle of what has been written within in that genre and uh, not just extreme horror but outside oh. that so, hold yeah, on you're cutting out genre. hold on you're cutting out oh, i heard him 
Oh, okay. It may be my signal. But yeah, you said inside, not just inside extreme horror, but outside of extreme horror, and then it cut out. Oh, have you got me now? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so yeah, what I was saying was that I thought it was a masterpiece. It's a pinnacle of, of, of modern horror, not just inside extreme horror, but outside as well, just horror in general. Um, and so from that, yeah, it's going to get a five for me. Wow. That was high praise. I really, really yeah. was kind of hoping Brian would hate it. that we get a one and a five i i could see for a lot of people uh this not being a like this being a lower end book if you're very uh sensitive you know as far as a low rating like i think this is the type of book that some people would read and just tune out and be like this is trash (laughs) yeah but not like actually give it the their full time of day um, well, I mean, that's the thing is like, it's, it's good stuff disgu- disguised with taboos and that's, you know, it's like if you, you can get past your personal hangups and read it, it's really ties together and it's really good, good read. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 yeah. I no, no, I'm sorry. Somebody, <laughs> somebody just text me something bastard. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Um, dad. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to talk about it. Um but all right, well, I guess that's pretty much it. Uh yeah. Justin, you have anything uh you want to plug? Uh no, go? not really. I mentioned at the start we got two new books coming out on Saturday. Uh, this Saturday coming, which is nineteenth uh, of uh, August, which is Mad Dog by myself and Forest Underground by Lydia and Faust, uh, both worth checking out. Of course, I would say that, wouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, where can they find you, like on the web or anything? Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, go, my publishing company is uh, SinisterHorrorCompany.com. Uh, so if you go there, you'll find links over there from there. Okay. Cool. Well, cool. Sounds good. Clint, do you got anything you want to plug? Not right now. I know your peppers are coming in well. They are. I have my reapers. <laughs> have you guys seen my woodwork? <laughs> no. No one That's cares good, about your woodwork. Pretty nice table, though. I will oh, give I it just to kidding. you. I was impressed. Uh, thanks, man. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, uh, Clint and Justin, for coming on. And uh, we'll see you all next time. This is Wolfman Jack. You've been listening to movies and ebooks and you can check out these crazy cats every two weeks or so on itunes stitcher and i don't know other places so anyway leave them a five star review also check them out on twitter at b and e pod and subscribe to the b and e master feed if you're a fan and you a real cool daddy podcast you just heard is part of the B&E Network, brought to you by bmoviesandebooks.com.